0: We'll Welcome to the Monthly Movie Marathon, February 2023 edition episode, whatever else you call this segmented part of our lovely little show where we, Marathon Movies Monthly, I am Nick Barrow, one of your hosts, joined live via satellite, all the oh way from the <laughs> mystical land of Sydney, Australia. Australia. Um, yeah, tomato certified critic Peter Gray. How are you, my friend?
1: I, I mean, I'm bloody fantastic. Um, why? 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 Well, what can I'm you like, legally say? <laughs> what I can legally say is that I was at the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania fan event where I've seen footage of the film and. <gasps> I got to speak to none other than Mr. Peyton Reed, Mr. Jonathan Majors,
0: and. Powell uh, Rude? Ryan, <laughs> who I still call him is, Powell Rude after that great Andy Sandberg bit at the Independence. Who,
1: um, is kind of everything you want him to be and more. He's just like, he's so like, all right, we know that we, he gets the whole thing about him being like in his 50s and like, he is impossibly handsome in real <laughs> life like you could even just go oh my god i get it um mm. and like just a, just a lad just Gosh. a good dude like just like you just go i just want to i want to drink with him i want to i want to have him tell me like really bad jokes and yeah um and jonathan major is like hu- like humble humble mm. guy like um yeah i i I think I'm hoping that this will sort of propel like with this Creed 3, uh, magazine dreams, I think 2023 is like, you know, year of the major. Year um, of the major. Major year. A major year for majors. Yeah. Um, so that is what I can legally say. Um, it's been it's, it's been a it's been a good a good time. I'm, you know, I've got a I've got a pep in my step, shall we say? So to say. say. There we go. Um, so all you lovely people get to, you can choose which screen you want to watch. Really, That's
0: true. It's very true, actually. Yeah, we are normally don't leave recording to this late. Now, there was a reason. We were waiting for hopefully a visual gag now that we are recording the episodes on video. But unfortunately, and I'm going to, sh- What's I don't know what the os- like opposite of a shout out is because I want to like give them shit but there's a company called light in the box that I ordered some very funny t-shirts on for this special. Well, episode. I'm just saying, doesn't sound like a t-shirt company. No, because it was a custom made t-shirt and I may now be less out of $40, but, and if they come, they come. And if they don't, then we get to come talking about this episode and that's all that matters. So we had a visual gag where we or magic Mike were going to wear six pack t-shirts uh based on the amount of shirtless men in these films which did not happen and we left it right into the last minute uh and then at the last minute pete's like hey i'm going to sydney to talk to powell rude and i was like all right we'll zoom it up we'll get a video out to the out to the fans i have Um, the next thing which is i'm wearing
1: a young michelle Pfeiffer. she's young she is beautiful hey I was like, this is my in to questions that guaranteed they won't be asked. So, yes, I asked Paul Rudd about <laughs> yeah. in I Could Never Be Your Woman, a movie that I guarantee many of you have no idea existed. But in 2007, Paul Rudd and Michelle Pfeiffer started in a romantic comedy. Did they played stuff. Lovers. And then a few years later, she's in Ant-Man and the Wasp playing, like, his love interest's mother. yeah. I yeah I was like I'm gonna ask you about that and when I said I could never be a woman he was just like no like those words because. are just never never said to him in like that <laughs> sentence so <laughs> um so the next thing to uh six-packed fake six-pack shirts yeah um, and our own naked bodies is uh mm-hmm. wearing a that I'm um, is that the bloke shirt? Does it say bloke on the back? No, no, back? this is just a standard black t shirt,
0: right?
1: So he's sand black, I'm FIFA, His um, black is trimming.
0: <laughs> so if I want to look more bloke. like
1: Magic Mike, black is trimming,
0: yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, so, yeah, this is what you
0: get. Uh, and if you wanted to see us shirtless on the podcast, you have to subscribe to our OnlyFans. Uh, we don't do that for free, right, so we'll just- Pete, stop, no. stop streaming so much, Pete. God damn. I want people to pay for that. Uh, We're going to make money somehow. We've got to do it that way. true. But in saying that, uh, the reason we have been talking about six packs and shirtless men is because next week, February 13, the day before Valentine's Day. Oh, isn't it? No, wait. I'm thinking of something completely different. The 9th. February I know the what, 9th. Look, I, know what, yeah, I think I know what you're thinking about. And I'm
1: like, can you stop plugging your own shit? Hey, um, look, if we're bringing it up on February 14th. No, no, I've, I've, yeah, I've mic I've dropped, so come on. I've got Paul
0: Rudd. Who do you have, Nick? On February 14th, I am going to be hosting a live... It's the 14th. No, I need to get my dates right. Uh, I'm hosting a live Q&A along with a double feature of... This man's movie, Miracle Valley, and his other film, The Room. Uh, Mr. Greg Sestero is coming to Australia, and I met him a couple of years ago. I've actually met him twice, and I've spoken to him at length once, but not in q and A Q&A in front of people format. So uh, I'm excited to have a chat are with him. I think uh, the Q and A is about half an hour too, so I'm gonna have a. Are you a, bit, are you a bit nervous? You know what? Actually, someone did ask me that today, and I'm not because I don't. Like this sounds really fucking up myself and weird, but like I get nervous at the point of like I really want things to go well. But once it's like say for a junket, right? Where in the Zoom room or in real person, like beforehand, I'll be like, I'm really thinking about the questions I want to ask. You know, the heart rate might go up a little bit, get a little clammy under the arms. But once I'm talking in that room, like I have zero nerves. No, I'm all going out the window.
1: Well, yeah, because someone asked that question be like, um, uh, on Instagram about like mm. worst like worst moment in an interview for you, yeah, and yeah. I was not to one up, like not to big up myself. And I'm like, I haven't had a bad interview. I haven't made a mistake. And I was like, mm. and it's the same. You like we we look. We might as well say it. We know what what we're doing. Yeah. We know how to talk to people. We know how to make it uh, like a professional
0: interview, but in kind of that informal. Yes, wow. yeah, yeah. I think um, us or, at yeah. ease puts the talent at ease as yeah. well. And we've said this in the past. We're not like we're not the guys fishing for the big headline scoop or like what they're up to in their private life. So I'm like, yeah, of course. Like standing, you know, just before I walk out in front of the audience, I'll be like, you know, want to go. But like the good thing is, especially with things like this, like a Q and A in which people are watching a movie beforehand, I'll be hanging out with Greg but like that's the it. time beforehand, and we'll just be chatting. And I've, like I've said, spoken to him before. He's such a nice dude, Um, yeah. really laid back, really chilled guy. And the last Q and saw him at, he was really like really funny. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to chat to him uh, about that. So that's February 14th. Uh, Tickets are on sale now. Links in somewhere in my bios.
1: But you know, you had a good little you had a good little moment there where I could segue because obviously February 9th, mm. Magic Mike. Last dance, and I was going to say, was there going to be? Were you going to hype yourself up beforehand with a song? And also, what else? What else do does a song accompany? Oh, a stripper sequence. Strippers.
0: I thought you were going to ask. Am I going to get a dick pump out before I talk to Greg Sestero and? I mean, Dick Richie myself.
1: Whatever, whatever you want to do, Nick. You know, no, no judge, like, no judge, <laughs> no judgment from you. <laughs> but I will say before we get to, to obviously Magic Mike's last dance, and we're going to be talking about Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL. Mm-hmm. We did uh, we did sort of mention this? And I thought, you know, let's get let's get left let's get a little bit of fun stuff out of the way, mm. and we, passed stripper songs, what people would strip to, yes, um, so have you i mean all right what song would you strip to
0: i think and maybe this is like a recency bias thing mm-hmm. because of like the song and what it is in like the zeitgeist i genuinely think i could go fucking hard to wap i genuinely think i could like cuz i i don't think wap for those who don't know me <laughs> wap pussy yes but B and Megan, the stallion. The stallion. But yeah. I mainly think that because I, and this is probably after watching the movies, I've probably got like more the demeanor slash size, maybe not the muscle of like a Tarzan, right? Who's doing all these slow romantic sort of, whereas I'm like, if I'm stripping, I've probably got a couple of drinks in me. Uh, Pete definitely knows what I'm like, but actually I said a visual <laughs> just pop in my head of the, we've, we've spoken about it a few times Our that big night out. We all had once our big, our big night out, our big night out. And this is, this is the, everyone getting to know us. There was a point when we were all dancing. I remember. And you were, you had your hands on a table and I just came up behind and picked up your legs. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember no, this.
1: I do, and it's like it was weird because I didn't like. I feel like I didn't remotely flinch. No, God, no, no. We were way, we were <laughs> way too like, comfortable oh, in that Nick's situation. Like, oh, Nick's is going to wheelbarrow me. All right, which, so which, what... which makes sense given your last name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Nick is about to wheelbarrow. LeBarrow. <laughs> oh fuck me! Um, but in saying that, I'd be like that. That would be me as a stripper. I'd be like very drunk, very like, you know, trying hands to be masculine, on. hands yeah. on. And I think no better song would be than WAP. How about yourself? What is your, what is your stripper song, Pete?
1: Um, so I had like, I feel like the song that I, I feel like the song that I would be good at stripping to in terms of mm-hmm. like, cause I, I'm, I'm a good dancer. I'm going to say it. I know how to move. I'll I'll testify to that, yeah. Um, I would probably want to do something like I'm a Slave for You by Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then on the other side of things, I'd be like, you know what? I'd probably just want to be filthy, and I would do uh, a little ditty uh, called My Neck, My Back by (laughs) (laughs) Kia.
0: I mean, it makes sense,
1: right? Like, I know that, look, I've got a neck and I've got a back and I've got a crack. I don't, I've got a pussy. Yeah,
0: so you, don't, you, you don't, don't have the pussy. My pussy
1: <laughs> a bussy and my crack. Um, I feel like I could go pretty, um, pretty ham on, on those. Do you, um, do you know what
0: I find funny about our answers is that they're both songs that I guess in the vernacular of describing music, like they go hard. You know what I mean? Like they're not. They're not and they're like about, slow, smooth songs. Well, yeah, they're all both about pussy as well. About, so. like, what does that say? Anyway. What does um, it say about you more than it says about me? Yeah,
1: that's, yeah, that's true. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to dance to a song about fucking pussy. <laughs> um, did you have, uh, did anybody, did you have a
0: conversation? No, okay, anybody? because you've, um, uh, I've been called out on this. Uh, I forgot to put the question up on Instagram. Did you have anyone? I did. Um, Perfect.
1: Yes. I had a collective, um, a collective group. Um, So the, the songs that were in there. were Yes, please. um, One song was weirdly uh, wrecking ball by Miley Cyrus,
0: which I
1: can kind of of see it. Mm, Yeah. Um, Another one was another Britney Spears song called toy soldier, which is like an album track. Um, It's, like, uh, that's a...
0: That that's goes. A that
1: point. goes. Um, and then the other one was, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know the name of it. Um, and they played it. And it's just, like, it's, like, I guess kind of, like, a deep house song. But then they just say, um, like, what, what in the
0: butt. Oh, my God. in the butt. They do that, and it's like I know yeah, the song, you know that song, um, <laughs> I know it. Yeah, so I South like, Park did it a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, so I'm
1: like, I'm not mad at any of those. I'd happily watch a stripper sequence to any of those songs. Any of those
0: songs, I guess yeah. we'll have to see what happens on February 9th. What songs we February. get in the 9th, in the uh, in the what we. Are now expecting after our revelations today to be a sanitised version yeah. of Magic Mike. So, for context, I guess both Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL in Australia were rated MA fifteen plus, so the equivalent to an R rating in the states. And you know, for the for the normal things, bit of nudity, bit of sex, bit of swearing. But then this new film is rated M, which means audiences under fifteen don't need supervision to go see yeah. it. So all your tweeners can line up, buy tickets, go see Magic Mike 3. I, Australia is pretty lenient when it comes to certain classifications. Like there's definitely movies that have come out that are M that you're like, okay, that's pushing the MA barrier. But there's also sometimes that you're like, oh, I don't know how that got an M rating. Mm. Where do you feel like Magic Mike's Last Dance may sit on that spectrum of being too sanitized or pushing the edge of what this classification is? could mean i mean
1: when you brought it to my attention that this was m i was like i it's disappointing because yeah. you know you have these two other films that are ma that embrace that embrace the sexuality embrace the nudity embrace all of that and i'm not saying you can't have a sexy film mm-hmm doesn't like you know it can get away with not having nudity but i was like but it's that's the whole point of these films
0: right it's a, um, it's about strippers <laughs> like it's and the key the element like,
1: yeah and the fact okay. that it was like sexualized imagery and as i said i was like it's a stripper sequence where we're not going <laughs> to like we might get um maybe we'll get like a little bit of but we might yeah get a G- i don't think we're going to have like you know like how the opening of magic mic is just like <laughs> and getting out of bed and, like, walking naked and you're just like,
0: oh, I'm in for a good damn. Or um, in Magic Mike, as we'll discuss, Big Dick Richie pumping his, or richie is Big Dick. Like, yeah. Quite vividly. Um,
1: so, I mean, I'm still, like, I'm still hopeful for Magic Mike Last Dance because, mm. like, I know something that, you know, Channing Tatum really wanted and I think Salma Hayek will be, I, th- it, I feel like they're actually, I feel like they'll actually probably have really beautiful, chemistry. Yeah. Um I feel like maybe this film will go for more of a sensuality over a sexuality, I
0: think. That's an interesting I like that because I think that'll definitely come up as we discuss the main differences between the two previous films as well. And I I feel like I don't know, like I just want I feel like I want this to have the best elements of the first and the second movie and we'll break down what we mean by that. But I feel like if if it has the best of both the parts of those movies and it's a slightly sanitized version, I don't mind. But also, like, and this is coming from me, a straight dude, watching these sequences is, like, almost like watching an action film, the way they're choreographed. I'm like, I sit there and I'm like, I'm fucking impressed at what some of these guys can do. So we just need some good scenes. We need some good dances. And charming potato like he's he has gotten better and better in his career like he's good in magic mike i love him in magic mike xxl i loved him in lost city i loved him in dog like i like what he's doing with his career at the moment i watched recently the vanity fair lie detector I, interview he did fantastic he, like he is like he is just like a naturally charming mm.
1: person yeah um but I felt like it also took a bit of time for that to like, you know, like when Step Up came out, it was like, you don't need to be a good actor for those films. <laughs> no. Uh, and then, like, She's the Man, I felt like we kind of saw a little bit of his comedic, you know, and, and he he played that himbo role, like, really well. Really well. Uh, and then um, I can't remember the name of the I film. I mean, he, he did the Jump Street movies too. Yeah. Right before 21 Jump Street, which is where I feel like a lot of people went, oh, shit, like, you're yeah. a genuinely great um, comedic actor. He did a film with, like, Vince Vaughn and Winona Ryder.
0: Yes. Called. I'm looking, I'm looking, like, I'm looking. Like dis- just before effect. turn. Oh, he did a couple of things. He did, like, uh, Don Johnny did side effects. He did Haywire Uh, with Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn. Not The Dilemma. The, dile- the Dilemma.
1: Oh, no. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, The Dilemma. Yeah, he yeah. did that. He had a he had a small role in that as like I think he was playing like Winona Ryder's like boyfriend in that. Mm. And I remember watching it. I didn't like the film. Like I thought it yeah. wasn't actually good. But he was when he was in it, I was like, "Shit, you're really, really funny,
0: really good in it." Yeah.
1: And then, and then he sort of, you know, decided to sort of embrace that and he went on this other path. And we we had like, as we said, like the 20 Jump Street movies. We had uh, like White House
0: Down. I mean, um, Foxcatcher. Yeah,
1: which I still, to this day, he was robbed of an Oscar nomination for that film. Oh,
0: fuck yeah, I, he was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, fantastic so, in that movie.
1: Yeah, so it was like, so when Magic Mike came out, and it's like Magic Mike is like 11 years old now, which is like... That's
0: fucked to <laughs> think that um, came out so long ago. I was working at the is, video store back then.
1: Which is funny in like Magic Mike, he makes a, he makes a comment of like, because he's like in his... I think he's like in his thirties in magic Mike and he says yeah. like, I don't want to be a 40 year old stripper. And then and I'm, like, I'm like, are you now a 40 year old stripper in magic Mike's last dance? Like,
0: do you reckon they'll bring, they might bring that up. That might yeah, be a whole um, part of the. Hold back. Um,
1: yeah. So I, and like, I remember when magic Mike was announced, it did seem like really like we're making right. a strip movie with Channing Tatum. Um, and it's based on him being a stripper, and you sort of think, "All right, this isn't going to be anything to write home about." No. Then S- Soderbergh signs on, and you're like, "Oh, like the guy that made Out of Sight and Traffic and Ocean's Eleven, right? This and- trilogy, and-, 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 and you're like, he's directing this. All right, maybe it'll, maybe it'll be something. And like I remember seeing Magic Mike at the the preview screening. Hmm. and naturally yes this film has incredible dance sequences it has a lot of nudity some of the nudity you'd be like it feels like like channing tatum knows what he looks like so it makes perfect sense do you blame him <laughs> um, but i was surprised at how much story and how much like emotionality was in this film mm-hmm. uh like I'll I'll quickly jump to Magic Mike XXL in terms of Magic Mike XXL is the film that I think a lot of people thought Magic Mike was going to be.
0: Agreed, yeah. So the nitty-gritty of Magic Mike, all its technical mumbo-jumbo aspects, came out in 2012. A male stripper teaches a young performer how to party, pick up women, and make easy money. Uh, That's a pretty apt description of what this movie is about.
1: And you hear it and you just go, sounds like a movie that would only cost about $7 million to
0: make. <laughs> the Only amount of money that they would allow these people to have to make this sort of movie. Uh, Magic Mike on Rotten Tomatoes, critically currently sitting at 78%, yeah. audience
1: 60%. Ooh. So
0: I think this somewhat comes back to what you were j- literally just saying about... Yeah this is not what audiences were kind of expecting because this, and I wrote this in my cheeky little letterbox review. This is so much more than the Channing Tatum stripper movie. Yeah. This is about a guy who has done one thing well his whole life, but doesn't necessarily like doing that thing Hmm. and wants to see if there's more out there. Uh, So it's like a pretty familiar tale, but it's just one that's the background of something that Channing Tatum grew up Doing which was dancing and, and stripping And gosh golly boy Does he do it well So, My,
1: my gosh the man knows how to move And it makes gosh, my It I makes my, my <laughs> <laughs> Um I mean look yeah like it has to be Said His it, And it was It really is quite amusing to Because obviously the first time I saw it mm. Channing is Kind of who you hone in on In those oh, God, yeah. And I remember when I first saw it, I was aware of who um, Adam Rodriguez was from, I think he was in, like, one of the CSI right. shows. Um, I was familiar with Joe Magniello because of True Blood. Yep. Um, obviously, Maddie Maddie McSue. Nice. Um, <laughs> Matthew
0: McConaughey, for those who... Couple of law breakers out there,
1: nah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah.
0: <laughs> he is pretty fucking good in this movie. He, I went like,
1: and I can understand why people were like, it's an, it's worthy of being nominated. I was like, he, should, like, he should have been nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. He's he really, is really good in good. this movie. Um, but yeah, I was saying like, and obviously like Kevin Nash, Matt, I knew Matt Bomer. From. Well, Matt Bomer, I wasn't oh like I knew from White Collar because yeah, I was gonna say was White Collar. Yeah. Um, kind of big I, at this
0: point. Yeah,
1: but I remember like seeing that moment and just going, "Oh, yeah, you right. are, you are very handsome." The like, he, yeah. Um, and then Alex Pettifer, who I knew from, well, I knew from Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, yeah,
0: right. I remember watching um, that. As a kid. Then, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, Um, had he done I Am number four
0: before this? Or? I don't, I don't know. know. No, he what must have so I Am number think, four was I like 2011.
1: I think it was before. So he yeah. kind of... He, the funny thing was, like, Alex... But I think, to me, it reminds me of, like, the Taylor Kitsch thing, where I feel like we were trying... They were trying to make Alex for a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it just wasn't going to happen. Um, complete tension. I have so many things to talk about. Basically, no, no, no. what it was, was the fact that you put Channing Tatum front and centre in these dance sequences because he can really fucking dance. Mm. And then when you go and re-watch it and you just go, the other guy is just... They don't move that well. They're there too. <laughs> they're there too. Like, and it's like they, it's not like they're bad dancers. Like, it's yeah. I mean, Joe and Kevin. There's so much of them as human beings that it's right. like it's 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 not as fluid. Um, especially Adam Kevin Nash.
0: Yeah, Adam agrees. Kind has- of, I, was, I was just say like for Kevin Nash, it, especially because he's a wrestler. Like he's a former like, WWE yeah. star. Yeah. Um.
1: And and they very much play on on that. Whereas Kevin Nash, he he does like the the Tarzan stuff and Joe, Mani, like, rom-
0: you would argue like romantic stripping, I guess, if you were to categorize yeah. it. Um
1: but yeah it was quite funny to re-watch it and realize like that they're not then like they're not all perfectly mm. in sync. Like there's always one better than the other. And 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 what I really actually appreciate about that was the fact that it's showing it's showing that there's like there's not this polish to right. this profession. Like it's not like ooh, like, it's all, gla- like, it's not, it's like, it's kind of dirty. It's kind of gross. Um, yeah. They actually, there are scenes where, like, you see rips in their, like, their costumes. So, and yeah, stuff. yeah, totally. Um, like when Matthew McConaughey at the end, when yeah. he does his moment and he gets his um thong, like, ripped.
0: Yeah, so, like, the side that of was- it comes across and you can see him holding yeah, yeah. it on. With yeah, D-L-I. well, that was
1: because all of the female extras weren't, weren't, like, Ac- like they're not acting. They like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna just get women, and they got a little bit overzealous with McConaughey. And you know what? I, mean, I, I mean. understand it, but you went like, "When in Rome, right?" When you've got a Texan pole in front of you, why not wait <laughs> for the stars? The old Texan um, pole. Um, <laughs> and I like, I think that, and they left that, they left that cut in <laughs> where he's holding it because it's like it shows that this is like a really. Kind of,
0: yeah, like just not a perfect profession. Even, yeah, even outside the dancing, like I think it shows that a lot more when you realize like these guys are, and I guess it is more so with Chang Tang's character. But I guess talking about the other guys for a second, they're making their own costumes. They're sitting there and sorting. You know, they got to sew their own shit. They got to come up with their ideas. You know, they're all just hanging out after a night's work at the bar, just drinking, talking to chicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's obviously more exacerbated with Channing Tatum's character, who's named Mike, who would have thought. Uh, yeah. But in in the regards of, like, he kind of has to hustle it a little bit as well. He is, like, yeah. out there in the clubs trying to get girls to come and watch their show. He's obviously, you know, start trying to start his own business, which I wrote the name of the business down. i got to find it because I was like, it was fucking so long. Mike's custom furniture concepts and something else. It was the longest fucking title in the world. Um, But he has like a couple of businesses going. So it has that, when you say like that dirty feel to it, that like less than polished feel, it's because Mm -hmm. it is occupied by guys who have that sort of vibe about themselves. Not to say Channing Tatum or Mike's character is like a dirty bloke, but it's not as prim and proper and polished as like, you know, you expect to go, well, not expect, but you would think maybe you go to a strip club, you have all these like really fit dudes there and they're going to do, you think it like men, like, what is it? The men down under or something? The uh,
1: um, Yeah. Um, th- thunder from down th- under. Thunder
0: down under, right. Yeah. You think it's a bit more of like a choreographed stage show. It's like, well, no, no, these guys are just on stage. And then all of a sudden they're jumping off stage in their fucking G strings, dry humping, you know, bridesmaids to their, you know, an inch of their life. So I like that this movie does that, And I think the subtleties or the nuances of, okay, these guys aren't all professional dancers, but they've got fucking six pack abs. They're pretty decent looking dudes and they don't yeah. mind, you know, it, you, they don't mind exploiting their sexuality for cash. Then that's the movie that, you know, is the story that's really getting told here.
1: Yeah. But but then you sort of offset that and you have like this, this tale of like, so as much as this is like, it is Channing Tatum's movie. Yes. Like it is but um, Alex Pettifer's character like that the kid as i keep calling him like that becomes like a like a very like strong like strong mm. core of the narrative because and i and like in in some ways i think Alex Pettifer's involvement does unfortunately shaft the other guys like we don't really get a lot from no you know, obviously the sequel really bumped that up which I loved um, yeah but you know we we get that you know the kid is he's trying to like he's trying to hustle the same way that Mike does but he's just he isn't doing it as smartly and he wants to Don't. get he wants to get immediately to the end like the end game and yeah. doesn't really want to do he wants to like cut a lot of corners which is why we see with him with the drug deals and things like that
0: um well, I even early on it. in the construction bit as well, when he's like stealing yep. the cans of Pepsi yeah. and stuff, like he's just, uh, he, and he has like a real chip on his shoulder too. He's, yeah. he has the aura of someone who's like, I don't fucking need to be here, but you do. Like you're broke. Yeah. You're living with your sister, like rent free. You obviously, he has a bad relationship with his parents. Like get rid of that chip. You need the help. So,
1: and, and it's funny because like, obviously, that's part of, the character but behind the scenes Alex Pederson and Channing Tatum did not get along really okay and you kind of see that on you
0: screen you can yeah
1: yeah like because do, you, do you, you think you kind of see him getting just like like yes he looks like yes mike looks after the kid but you can see a lot of the time almost him just being like oh just just shut up the- Fuck up and just yeah. do what I like. There, he, there is that kind of big brother relationship that he that he pisses him off a lot. And like, I think knowing that Alex Petefor like pissed off Shane Tatum, it's like makes it really. I didn't know about Yeah, it makes it like fascinating to watch their dynamic because it's at some points he just like Shane Tatum like looks like he really fucking hates him. Yeah. And but, but I also think it was because like I feel like Alex Petefor like also felt like he was a bigger star than what he was as well, which kind yeah. of leans into him having the chip on his shoulder. Like, it's quite funny because he's like, he feels like, you know, like I don't have to be here. Like, it's almost like, he's like, I don't have to do your fucking
0: magic mic movie, but I'm doing it anyway. And you're like, you kind of fucking do mate. Because it's, It strikes me as the sort of thing where it's like, it's an art imitating life, but he's like, you know, I'm working with Steven Soderbergh. I'm no, not no. working with Channing Tatum. But, like, yeah. okay, so then I'll put I'll pull forward this question. Do you think Alex Pettifer's good in the movie?
1: Uh, I do, but... Yeah.
0: His... I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm yeah. like, but there's I'm something like, there that I don't something... think is that good. Yeah, it's like <laughs> there's just... Like, he...
1: What I really, really love about this film is, like, it all... Every single line of dialogue, every single, like, delivery, it all feels natural it all feels yeah. like like we're feel it feels like we're like literally a fly on the wall watching like the way the conversations play out like mm. i can see why some people go and be like why am i watching like a 10 minute conversation between these two people it doesn't feel interesting but i feel like that's what makes the movie interesting because you're just watching these people go about their lives mm. like and it's like the way that um cody horn and channing Caden play off each other like there's one scene where the, on the on the beach yeah and She's sort of, she's like, I don't want to be part of, like, this bro pack thing. This lifestyle, yeah, yeah. And Channing Tatum, like, makes a joke and she laughs. And she kind of has this, like, really, I guess in some ways, it's not a very attractive laugh.
0: I know what you mean. It felt authentic. I know exactly what what you're talking about. It
1: it feels authentic. Like, it feels like you're watching two people in this really beautiful moment, whereas I feel like under a different director, I feel like they'd make, their love story, like,
0: more, mm. like, more beat by beat instead of it being, like, yeah. Well, yeah um, and um, because cool, why- S- Soderbergh sort of, like, really pulls the camera back a lot. And we, yeah, like, that fly-on-the-wall feeling is, like, there's so many long takes of faraway shots. Whereas, you're right, any other director would have been, like, this is the moment they're falling in love, like, close-up, close-up. Will they kiss? Won't they kiss? Like, I never felt that. I never yeah. felt like that kiss was coming. These characters, I was kind but I was always like, there's something here. There's a spark. Well, not even a spark, but there's something. Yeah, and and it's like,
1: and she, and you can tell that she, like, she's interested in, like, Mm. but when they have that argument about how she's like, what do you want to do with your life? Like, why don't you go off and do it or just admit to what you are? And that's when he's like, I don't want to be a 30-year-old stripper. And he's like, this isn't. He's like, this isn't who I am. Yeah, and and then it's even more heartbreaking when he go like he has you know thirteen thousand dollars saved up, and he's like the business plan seems like it's good. Like this, when you see the furniture right. he makes, it
0: looks like it looks like fucking good furniture. There, there's like, there's he's hit like a niche market of people yeah. who would want to buy that sort of yeah. stuff. And now. it's like,
1: and I get and I get why
0: the banks would probably go this isn't worth it, but I do love it, that bank scene where he walks in. He's wearing like his little glasses. Yeah.
1: That's what he probably feels like. Oh, if I show them how much cash mm. I have, and look like I'm presenting myself, then surely I'll get this. Exactly. And then, yeah. it was also the same with like Olivia Munn's character. Right. When that's kind of revealed that this whole time she's, she's had a boyfriend, even though mm-hmm. they've been sleeping together and he's, it's, it's like that revelation where he's like, oh, I'm not needed. Like, I I thought you were the one person that I yeah. kind of had something with and then you've just gone and off and done this and she's
0: just like, I, yeah. And, Cause, it's, and, and it's especially like with Olivia heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, yeah, because especially yeah. with Olivia Munn's character, you could also, and this is somewhat what I've read into it as, she's a psychology major, right? Like, she's doing this really what a lot of people consider to be sort of higher level of learning or a higher level of job. And so he's sleeping with someone who makes him feel more superior. Like he's like, oh, if, if a chick like this wants to fuck me, then I must be doing something right. And it's, that doesn't diminish anything about Cody Horn's character and what she's doing because she's also studying, but she's just a bit more, lives in a small apartment, yeah. not going out to these fine wine dinners, like like one of the dates, all the things they're going, they're just like at a beachside cafe having burgers yeah. and stuff like that. And, and it's that thing I think Mike realises, you know, oh, this is, you know, I don't need to pretend to be someone else to be happy. And I I like that this is the story of the film, or I like that it's the core message of the film. I And I'm going to say this in the sense that I do like this movie. I actually think it's a really good movie. Yeah. but there is so much other filler stuff that I was wow. like, it bogs it the fuck down. Like there is a, just a tediousness to some. And I think a lot of it somewhat is Alex Pettifer's character. I think some of it is Cody Horn's acting, um, which I know has come under scrutiny before from people, but there are, there are moments where I was like, are you a- awake? Like, are you there's, yeah. there's authenticity. And then there's like, Bumble core authenticity. Yeah, no, am um, back can, and forth.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that because yeah, there's like there's there's moments where her her delivery works, yeah. and there are other times when it's like I feel like you need to be slightly elevated for this, yeah. to, to, to work. Um, and then it's totally. funny because like like Olivia Munn kind of just like comes in and you look at him and just go, that's how you, that's how you act. Natural yeah. and even like Riley Keough Who like has The one like, scene in the film Like, there's, But there's something so fascinating about yeah. Her um, It's a great briefly,
0: scene she's in by the
1: way Yeah but like briefly with Olivia Munn How you meant you know I, I thought maybe You were going to ask a particular question hmm. Do you also feel like She was using Mike as like a way to Study Her like the psychology oh. of like what, like, she's basically like, well, I'm going to fuck this guy and just like really work out what makes him tick. Cause it'll, this will be fucking
0: perfect. for. Like, I bet hierarchy. you if she wasn't doing it on purpose, there's definitely like a subconscious thing yeah. there as well. Because like, I mean, that's the thing you sort of become, you know, the product of your surroundings. So if she's sitting there analyzing case studies all day as if like, and I'm sure that's probably plenty of people studying psychology. You do it. Um, you know, probably do it to themselves too. They're like, I study psychology to find out why I'm fucked up sort of thing. You're Mm. constantly always doing it to other people as well. So it's kind of, I didn't think about that before now, but it kind of makes sense. And then targeting someone who then she would think is inferior to him. It's like, there's a low stakes. Like if this guy's a stripper, he is the low of the food chain in regards to societal hierarchy. Like there's a lot going on in the background. And because this is based screenplays from Reed Caroline but not uh but also somewhat based on like Channing Tatum's experiences His, it'd yeah, be yeah. interesting to see what or to understand what input he had into that sort of stuff he's like this is how I felt because we call him Charming potato and he you know he he comes across as the dumb lovable guy but he's a pretty like intelligent dude with some of the decisions like I just as Channing Tatum as a person um, yeah yeah so I wouldn't be shocked if he's like for so much of my life especially early on everyone was just like nah man you're like bottom of the rung stripper dude
1: well yeah i mean because you're like he was like he was an extra you know ricky martin music that's dude. right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he did a lot of he did a lot of um uh, modeling where you know it was all to do with him being shirtless like a lot of the films he's done he's had to get naked he you yep. know he, he did he was i mean he was under scrutiny early in his career because it was kind of like a case of if you didn't look if you didn't look like that would we have seen you in so many roles because his acting well wasn't amazing yeah um so yeah i think he he would probably look at it and just go i'm fully aware that i got to where i was looking the way i did yeah but i also knew that i had to prove myself outside of that which is kind of I guess mirrored in Magic Mike how he's like yeah I know I know that I have a good body I know that I can dance I, he does he does well with women you imagine he's probably decent in bed like he's got probably. that whole thing about him he's but got this he's confidence got- yeah yeah like especially that scene where he where he's, like, in the club and he, he's, like, he tells Alex her he's, like, you get these girls to And the way that he just, like, he just swans the incident yeah. like, and he, like, gets the drink. He's, like, oh, no one wants to take these drinks. Will you have yeah. them? And, like, that's, a, that's like, I feel like that's really the first time in the movie when you just go, oh, I'm I'm totally intruding on these conversations with these people as an audience member because I feel yeah. like I should
0: be here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like you're seeing is, how the sausage is made. Like you kind of don't yeah. want to know what goes into. Yeah, you would rather exactly. just be the women going to the club and enjoying. But this movie is like, no, 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 no. Here is yeah. how we do this shit. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and and one thing, and it's like again, it'll be something that that I'll bring up in Matching Mike XXL, which um, I feel like righted some of the wrongs that mm. this film did in terms of uh, its relationship with queer people um but just like the way that you know when they're all getting ready together like it's obvious that they all have no vanity like yes yeah yeah. they're they're shaving their legs they're half naked like joe manuel is like pumping his dick and (laughs) but then when they bring when they bring alex pettifer in and like kevin nash is like you have to lotion up my legs up my legs yeah yeah pettifer is like you can see there's like physical discomfort yeah yeah, it's like and it's like I'm not gonna say homophobic,
0: no, but you can yeah. see
1: that he's like, I'm not fucking touching your legs. I think and, he and says how- that
0: too. He's like, I don't yeah. want to fucking do this, man. Yeah and
1: then they're just like, go on, man. And then you know he sort of begrudgingly starts to do it, and they're all just like, yeah, I'm fucking with you. But yeah. and you don't see any men like in the clubs with right. them or anything, yep, yep. so there were there were moments in Magic Mike XXL that I was like, oh, I'm glad they actually have they've redeemed that sort of yeah that. because you imagine that yes, there are females that want to see this, but you go, but there are men that would want to see these guys Stripped totally. So was like, I-. but also if t- it was 2012,
0: yeah, I, think, I know what you mean. I don't I-, we were,
1: I don't think we were entirely ready. Like, I don't think the audiences were ready for ready like for it. We there to be like we're going to have straight guys strip, but we're going to have gay men what, watching and being
0: a part of. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I, I don't know if Matt Bomer was out at this point as well, which is kind of yeah, interesting I, to I see. I don't think he was at this so, point. Okay. So yeah. it's and I guess that's an interesting dynamic from a behind the scenes perspective. And I, I think of that scene specifically, especially with Alex Pettifer, I think, that speaks a lot to his character. I like, I don't know if that's intentional in the movie, but I think it speaks a lot to his character as well in the, in the regards of like, he, the chip on the shoulder comes from so many different levels. And part of me would be like, or part of me would assume that he's like, dude, I'm already here trying to get, I'm here getting gay in front of dudes. Like, I'm not going to do this gay stuff. And it's like, no, that's, that's how you, that's not how you should see this. Like, that's not what this is at the end yeah, of the day. Right. So yeah, this has yeah, this literally has nothing to do with he's like, with dude, we're well, about to go and dance for a hundred women and get yeah. paid to do it. Like, but I I think yeah, you're I, right. I'm, we'll definitely bring it up in XXL. Like I, I think how they redeem it's quite brilliant. I wanna um touch on two things I guess before we before we move on. First thing is and we already kind of said it but Matthew McConaughey is fucking brilliant in so this movie because he's He's a caring sleazebag. He's a, yeah. I will look after yeah. you if you're helping me, but as soon as I get the chance to go, I'm going to go. And yeah. in, in fairness, I think I've, I remember like, because I've seen, I've probably seen Magic Black maybe three, maybe four times now, like just over the course of fucking 11 years. Holy shit. So like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've i always thought he was the bad guy, but on this rewatch, I was like, oh no, he's, he's actually so similar to Mike. He's a hustler. And he'll do what he needs to do. And he'll say what he needs to say to people to get what he wants. Yeah. And then I think the catalyst then is when Mike realizes he doesn't want to do that anymore. He sees Matthew McConaughey's character in that negative light. And I think the movie shifts the narrative on him as well, because, the, you know, like long story short, you know, Matthew McConaughey owns this club that these guys strip in, pays them the door fee, whatever they do for the night, takes the money for the lockers or whatever, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. But there's always this, like, we're going to go to Miami. And he's like, he knows Mike's like his number one draw for the club. So he's like, me and Mike, we're going to Miami. We're going to open a big club. It's going to be fucking great. And then as Mike starts having, you know, more aspirations and dreams outside of stripping, there's a rift that comes between them. And then um, Matthew McConaughey is like, all right, I'm going to train the kid up then. Like, fuck you, Mm -hmm. Mike. Like, you're not going to come to the stream with me. I'm going to train the kid up. And then ultimately what happens is that they do, uh, he gets the space in Miami, and he takes the kid, even though the kid almost ruins the club's reputation by selling the drugs to the mm. fucking underage college girls. Um, he's still like, yeah, but Matthew McConaughey's character is so like, yeah, but this kid would probably be a big draw in Miami, and I know he'll get the money in the door. Well, that and so I, it's quite an interesting dynamic between, also, yeah,
1: because and- I also feel like McConaughey like. A- when he's when he's training up the kid, and I love the sequence where he's like
0: in. They're in the fucking, studio, yeah. boxes, And he's like,
1: "Come on, come
0: the on, get your like, tiniest fucking shit. shorts and his like um, crop top fucking." I love it. Like, he's good. And he's
1: like, and he's like grinding on Alex Pettifer and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like, yeah, I feel like, even though, even though, like, yeah, like the kid completely fucks the shit up. I feel like. When Mike sort of starts to question a few things, it's because I think McConaughey realises, Dallas as his name. Um, I think he sort of realises like, oh, he's like, Mike's going to talk back to me and I don't, Mm. that's not what I hired you for. So I feel like he, he knows that even though the kid fucked up, he's like, yeah, but this kid, as much as this kid wants to take over the world, he still needs me, whereas Channing Tatum, Mike, doesn't. Yeah. So I feel like that's why he's like, I'll forgive all of that. And then that, and then that's also just further proof for Mike to just go, I was never like, y- you just always wanted to help yourself, mm-hmm. which he understands, but it was like, yeah, but you're doing it at the expense of other people, whereas Mike, I feel like he sort of wants to actually... Help people with him. He's a bit more
0: compassionate. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whereas Dallas is just like, no, no, I'm doing this. I'm like, whatever I need to do to get for me, there's, you know, collateral damage essentially. Um, Yeah. You know, and then because I mean, you see that like the drugs, that all fucks up. He owes like, you know, 10 grand. The debt. Yeah. Yeah. And like Mike, even though he shouldn't have to, he's like, I'll just pay the debt because yeah. he doesn't, he, he knows like what is going to happen to the kid. So I think he looks at it as I yeah. can't have remotely on my conscience because even though I've told the kid what not to do, yeah, I still brought him
0: into this life. So And I now, especially like- if you're trying to get with his sister, his sister. <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to, well, now I've just added a second thing in as well. Steven Soderbergh's, <laughs> direction right has always he's always had a specific style a very sort of i i resist using the word bland but it's it's very much like i you know what i mean like it's a fly on the wall aspect is like oh i'm just watching but he captures it in a very unique way but the fucking sandbar party with the green sky that's because it's such an oversaturated yellow i was like you know and and too much is too much, right?
1: And it's, but it also like it. The whole film has a very yellow, yeah, tint totally. To it. Yeah, but yeah, the sandbar scene because like when Mike and um, I've forgotten Cody Horn's name in the film, but when yeah, they're same. walking, when they're walking together, and the way that he's shot it is like they're sort of out of they're out of focus, and then the water has it looks like little like diamonds. Yeah, it all just does- it all just kind of like gets lost in it and you just yeah. sort of just go, I know that I'm like I know that I'm watching two people walk near the water. It just doesn't look like that. And sometimes really, yeah. you, know, you go, I wouldn't mind a little bit of natural light here. Um because you just go because shoot it in a ratu you know, style, yeah. You know, um because you go, you got a good looking cast. You know, you right. don't need to like you don't need to Vaseline anything up to like <laughs> you know.
0: They <laughs> need to overexpose the shit out of it, um, but yeah, like, and that was knows. something
1: that I really noticed. Yeah, on this rewatch. This I like, yeah, like, but it's a, you know, it's a minor, right? Yeah,
0: and you know, grind with the film that is. There's more so- happening in the story than there is yeah. in the movie. Like, yeah. like I'm not watching it because it's going to win the Oscar for best cinematography. Yeah. Um. Before we move on to Magic Mike XXL. Do you have a favorite dance number from the film? Is there one that you were like because I know this would probably be an easier question to answer for Magic Mike XXL because there is a bit more of a emphasis on it, I guess you could say. But in this film um, I
1: just because of I feel like it's always the one thing that I remember. Mm. Um is when uh, Mike, he's meant to do a particular routine and he's just like, no, you want me to do something different. And he has like, yeah, the, black, yeah. he has, the, like the black vest on with nothing yeah. else on. And the fucking, the spin on with Hot at the beginning, his body just fucking spins. like mental. And then what he does with his, like, because he's got like a hip hop, R&B mm background right? like he knows how yeah. it, like the way that his body moves it's like because like i know straight guys that are just like it's fucking impressive like it's yeah you know it's not like it's not gay to
0: watch it and just go
1: okay. the way that his body moves is
0: incredible i no, i like i know joke have such a respect for the athleticism of these guys because the oh. some of the especially channing some of the shit he do does i was just sitting there going ah. Yeah. Like, and the, the, only same other, way- the only other time I've had that reaction to a stripper scene is, is when Jennifer Lopez fucking claps her yeah, heels hustles. and fucking yeah. hustlers right? Yeah.
1: Like, and you know, and it's one of those things where you go, We knew that he could dance from step up. Yes. And then you sit and just go, he, He's like, it's all legit. So that's probably my favorite just because of it's just Channing There's like a real, there's like a real, like, fuck you energy to mm. it. Um, it's also incredibly, like, it's incredibly sexy. Um, yeah.
0: So that would probably be my, my, my favorite. Yeah. That's fair. I, that one's probably up there. I, for me, it's always the shot that was in the trailer too, of when they all come out initially. So it's not necessarily the dance. Yeah. They do it. Yeah. He, that's right. He does the fucking body <laughs> shakes, but they're like, it's they're in the jeans. And I, I think half of it is the way Soda shoots, shoots it because it's this really cool shot. That's like panning through the crowd. And then like the way they're like fucking robot moving through. And I was like, that's, yeah fucking cool I think the pony routine is fun too because obviously sets up like the the theme song of now stripping everywhere so yeah. I, I really I think the pony routine is a lot of fun too um which is, is a test a testament to Chang Tatum but also a detraction from everyone else who had a routine in the film because you kind of go they're not shown enough they sort of start no. a routine and then it cuts away to something and else. I, and I feel like Channing's
1: dance, Channing's stripping scenes are like they're shown for the sexuality and they're mm. pl- shown for the impressiveness of it all. Whereas yes. I feel like the other sequences are played for like the comical effect. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, Joe like, oh like, he, like he busts his back because the girls. Oh, my God, head. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and it's, got, it's like it shows Matt Bomer like as Ken, like the Ken doll. The like, Ken doll. Down. You know, Tarzan, and, uh, fucking and then, firefighters, yeah. and, like even like Alex Pettifer's first one where he like sort of comes out in his is,
0: fucking clothes
1: and it's like hoodie and track pants. Hoodie and like, trackies. That's right. Briefly shows his bum and like it's that's like right. he's a bit like so. It's I feel like everything else is played for more of like a a comedic.
0: I will say mind. Alex Pettifer finishes that scene well when he jumps off and starts like grinding on the yeah. the twenty one um, yeah, year like, old. Yeah,
1: out with her and they're just like you never ever ever. Yeah, that's right. Her. Yeah. Um, um, and then, I mean, I also do have a small Yeah, um, yeah, yeah A soft spot for, like, when McConaughey does The Ladies of Tampa <laughs>
0: Oh my god, yeah, that's fine But that's the such a strong It's such a strong way to finish as well Like, yeah. because the movie just leads to that point Because I, I know everyone's like oh, Matthew McConaughey in the stripping movie like, And it's like, well, no, no, he's going to be The closing act of the movie Yeah, like, and it's like, and I think we offer Because obviously at this point, like, this was like the,
1: This was like in yeah, you know this is the peak of McConnaissance because yes. we had we had Dallas Buyers Club like I think a year after this. Yeah. Um this is around the time he did mud, yeah. killer Joe. Like he was doing amazing things. He was a brand new man. Um, but I think we also forget that you know, like prior to that, McConaughey was getting his kid off for Fool's Gold and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Bomb coms everywhere, yeah. He's getting it and it's like, so it was kind of funny that you sort of go, so we're watching a stripping movie with Channing Tatum. Oh, and Matthew McConaughey's, McConaughey's in it too. Well, is he, he going to get his clothes off because he fucking doesn't anything else? And it was like... Then he does? Yeah, but he's really fucking good in it. And I was like, and he looked like he was in his... I don't know how he would have been in his 40s at this point.
0: Surely.
1: I, I would even say, like, what, late, like... like mid to late forties like dude's looking good fucking and i love that like we get almost like a like they knew what the audience wanted when he's like in his song and he like bends over like to the camera yeah yeah yeah
0: cheating to camera
1: like that's like some good glutes
0: man's chiseled man is chiseled dallas be chiseled so that's magic (laughs) mike and i think it's safe to say we both we both appreciate it for being more than just a stripping movie but yeah. it's not perfect. Like it's, it's. There are things about it that do let it down.
1: But we'll also say, as much as you know, or like critics, critics found it better than they were expecting. It's sixty percent, which isn't awful for audiences. That's true. That's very true. But let's also just say it was. It would. It cost them seven million dollars. Oh, they made it's, their cash back. This movie made like a million.
0: It's something like, crazy, yeah.
1: It's opening, it's opening weekend was, like, in the 40s or 50s range, and everyone was just like, what the fuck happened yeah. here? Like, it defied expectation. And the annoying thing is, like, well, it's funny saying, oh, if this was made today, it'd probably go streaming because, like, Magic Mike's Last Dance almost was. went to streaming. Yeah. It was planned for HBO Max, and it was only because HBO Max then rescinded and was like, no, we did HBO Max, and we did the day and date cinema thing. Because the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're now, we are now- Cinema's back. You know, so let's put it in cinemas. But if Magic Mike- We want Mike, that like, Top Gun money. Yeah, but Magic Mike, is it, it's like defied expectations by earning as much as, as it, it did. It was, and it's just like a really lovely reminder of like the, the amount of money that original films can make if they're just given the opportunity
0: to do so. Right exactly exactly right now moving on to magic Mike xxl which i don't think is any form of fun euphemism for the size of penises i think it's a very just responsible sequel title if you ask me no on the nose little jokes there oh on the nose big jokes (laughs) (laughs) um it could be it could
1: be a big Dick Ritchie thing, I guess.
0: It makes sense. It makes sense for the target demographic. But that's it. Film. They knew exactly what they were exactly doing. Exactly. Like yeah. So 2015 was the year it was released. Three years after Mike bowed out of the stripper life at the top of his game, he and the remaining Kings of Tampa hit the road to Myrtle Beach to put on one last blowout performance. Critics score. so just a little under the first one audience score 55% which shocked me I'm not gonna lie to you because and you know what Pete we might we potentially maybe I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you right now we might be living in a bubble because I know at the end of our Mithrigan episode we both said (laughs) how much how much we both really like this movie and I stand by that even after this rewatch I fucking love this movie. It is, no joke, I think one of the best bro road trip comedies made. It is It is funny. It is, the camaraderie between the group is fantastic. Yeah. Obviously, in the context of it being a stripper movie, there are exciting, well-choreographed stripper scenes. I definitely think there's pacing issues. I, that, yeah. will def- that will definitely come up. But the places these guys go and the things that they do and the things they explore and then The things they find out about each other along the way. I'm like, it's a genuinely fun, like, just guys being dudes movie. And I think what the, I think where this differs from, say, other movies in this sort of, you know, niche specific genre, is that it's this niche specific genre this specific genre i'm not i'm going to try and make up it's so late at night i'm not going to try and make up you yeah um what i what i think separates this from what you would normally assume would be a masculine testosterone driven film is that there's hmm. still masculinity there's still testosterone driven but they're due to go to a drag drag club and embrace in embrace LGBT culture. And they're not scared to eventually open up emotionally to each other. It is a form of masculinity that is so far opposite from toxic that I like identify with. I'm like, I like the fact that I'm as a straight white dude, but I'm not the, you know, right wing <laughs> affiliated fucking homophobic, transphobic black. I was wondering where that was going. Racial, getting, racial was sort of dude.
1: The only thing, the only oh, a perfect sentence is,
0: oh, I'm happy to be a straight white guy. Like, <laughs> oh, but uh, in no, the sense I, of, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah, in the, in the grand scheme of like, these are the straight white dudes who I aspire to be, both <laughs> physically. <laughs> but also, I, I appreciate that there's a movie out there that does show a bunch of mainly straight guys. Being able to be so comfortable with each other and 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 uh, fluidly allow their sexuality or the idea of sexuality be free within their group without there being any like no homo moments. so I, yeah. I think that's why I like I connect with this. I, I appreciate this movie a lot, but it's also a hell of a lot of fun.
1: Yes, yeah, I um I was lucky enough to uh, go to the Sydney Premiere. It, where, nice. uh, uh, where Mr. Tatum and Mr. Mangiello uh, came to visit, and um, yeah, they—it was like they knew they had they they had the crowd. Like they knew that this was a crowd pleasing movie. They knew that they were like we're gonna probably give we're gonna give probably a little bit more of the group as a whole. Collective, rather than just be specifically about Mike. I mean, this film is still about Mike. Yeah, totally. You, yeah. Get, you get more of the guys in this um, in this film, and I think that's it. Definitely, like, was one of the um, one of the sore points of the first film that they improved on. Yes, here because you know you could tell that they that they got along so well, and you could tell that there was probably a lot of a lot of like rehearsal and a lot of like thought put into all the other guys. And then, yeah. you know, zero right, victims of
0: victims of <gasps> the cut, as they say, ahead.
1: victims of the edit. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, totally. I, really liked, I really liked that this film just feels like, you know, we're going to embrace, um, we're going to embrace this bro culture, but kind of like flip it on its head and show yeah. you that, you know, with these, you know, because you look at him and just go, all right, so it's a bunch of guys and they're stripping together. So you're like, so they're going to be naked around each other a lot. Oh, that's a little bit gay. Um, and I, But I like that these, like, absolute, like, pinnacle representations of dominant masculinity, mm. as you said, they're opening up to each other. They're sort of t- talking about the things that, Straight men aren't supposed to talk about yeah.
0: Well, like you know, like like, and like the, the pursuing scene they, artistic
1: dreams and, yeah. and, and you and know expressing like, yourself. And it's and it's funny that this was happening. Like this movie is what eight eight years old now, and yeah. it's kind of like even t- in twenty fifteen, this still felt almost too early for this stuff to be. It was weirdly um, revolutionary, right? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like we're obviously seeing now. Like you know, like it's, it's a heavy topic to talk about. Like men's. Mental health, yeah, yeah and things totally, like yeah. yeah. But, but we're told, like now, it's okay for men to talk about it, and I'm like, well, it should have been okay the entire fucking time, totally. But it seems like now, because I don't know, because somewhere along the way, the way, because they realize like how prevalent, you know, mental health is in men, and you're like, mm. well, gay men have had it for a pretty long time, yeah, I guess because it was seemed weak for gay men to talk about it. Then it was yeah. like, well, then we won't talk about it. But then all of a sudden someone straight enough opened their mouth about it. And it was like, oh, yeah. if he, oh talks yeah. about it, if he talks about it. Then we can all talk about it. I'm like, bully for you. I'm so glad straight guys figured it out. Um,
0: <laughs> no, so, I, I totally got you. Yeah. Mean, yeah.
1: Like, um, so it, it, but it's funny that a 20 movie in 2015, somehow is ahead of the curve in terms of talking about men talking about things. And you're like, and it's the male stripper road trip movie. That you did. know, I was exactly <laughs> going to say that.
0: And the people who did not go to see this movie were the fuckers who needed to see it. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah, it's that's like, the funniest part. Yeah.
1: Like they, you know, if, if, if guys went along to see the, you know, like i I'm not going to, you know, I'm about to say, I'm not going to not all men everybody or one of those sort of shit. But I, was like, yeah. I can guarantee most men probably saw Magic Mike because their girlfriends took them to see it. Yep. I feel like very few men probably would have seen that on their own accord. Then they either were like, I don't want, I don't need to see the sequel because it'll be much of the same thing. But it's funny where you just go, as much as this movie is made for women, it feels like it's more made for men. I am 100%
0: agree. like yeah. I, I think I got a lot more out of this movie I watched this with Rhiannon like maybe a year and a half maybe two years ago and mm. I still feel like I enjoyed it more than her because I was sitting there going like how much fun would it just to be there like that yeah. like that just seems like a fun group of guys to be around in a pretty fun situation and they're doing fun things like they, these guys genuinely love and care about each other even though that when Mike returns to the group. So he, Mike returns to the group on mm. the uh, on the word from Tarzan that Dallas has passed away, that Dallas has died. And I was like, oh, shit, that's a bold way. Yeah, to get rid of McConaughey, yeah. You know, he's not coming back. So, And then when he comes, you know, they're all partying at a motel and he's like, what the fuck sort of funeral is this? He rocks up in, in his funeral attire. Uh, and then he's like, fuck, Tarzan's like, fuck no, man, he's not dead. I just didn't know how to get you here. So there's so much love and care for them. And even though there is passive aggressiveness to start, especially between Mike and Ken, uh, Matt Bomer's Mm. character, um, within 15 minutes, they actually flesh it out and they talk about it. And like, you know, there's a little rough and tumble and they sort of go back and forth a little bit. But it's a group of guys who are so comfortable with each other and feel comfortable that they can be like, this is how I feel about this. I think, you know, I was upset that you left Mike. This is how it made me feel. Mike goes, yep. You know what? That's actually a valid way to feel. And I want to try and make it up to you because you're my friend. I care about you. That's cool. That's fucking great. Like I want to be surrounded by those people just in real life, but it's also fun to watch them on a movie where then 20 minutes later, they're doing Molly and dancing outside of a convenience (laughs) store to Backstreet Boys. So like have the cake and eat it. This movie does it well.
1: Well, well that given that you mentioned like, Arguably, the best one of, like the best, like yeah, probably the best scene in the film. Um, do you know the behind-the-scenes story to that? I don't. know. please enlighten me. So they, so the the, the girl that plays the cashier, mm-hmm. who has you know, there's zero fucking reaction. Yeah, like Steven Soderbergh was like, I want you to. Like not like, I don't want you to show any reaction. I don't yep. want you to emote. I want you to be, I want you to be stoic. I want you to just look unimpressed. Yep, yep. Joe Magnello was not aware that she was not going to emote. Yeah. So right, he
0: right. was
1: like, so he th- so he so then when he was actually like saying, like, she's not giving me anything, like, I don't know what to do. And Soderbergh was like, you're just gonna have to try harder. So that's why, so like, so that's when Danielle just goes like hard out on this scene. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. at the very end, when you know, he's done all like, he, yeah, um, he like, I want it that way. He's done yeah. everything, gets the bloody like pepper, the Cheetos, pepper. and the water. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, looks at her and she has that like, that little smile breaks. It was like, that was a genuine reaction. She was like, I can't hold this in any longer. Oh, that's and amazing. Then, like, And then when all of the other cast members are like cheering in the window, that was them genuine because they were like, you finally fucking did it. And it's like, it's the same thing in the first film where you have Mm. that fly on the wall mentality. It's like we're watching, we're just like a, it's like someone's just got a video camera up to them, watching them interact with each other, watching them interact with locals whenever they go to each like city. Um, Like, yeah. like And it shows, and even though like, this was not directed by Steven Soderbergh. No, Gregory
0: Jacobs, I believe, yeah. who, who is uh, like uh, a cin- cinematographer for yeah. um, and, Soderbergh for a long time. And
1: was like a working partner with um, Channing Tatum because I believe mm. they
0: they co-directed Dog together. I think yeah. it was Reed Carolyn who oh, did But Gregory. So Gregory Jacobs is a collaborator with Steven Soderbergh. Right, but okay. funnily enough, Steven Soderbergh was the it, director of photography on this film. Yeah, it was. The yeah, kind of like foot um, roles. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but you can see that Soderbergh has like influenced or informed um, Gregory Jacobs hmm. uh, here. But at the same time, Gregory Jacobs has gone. I'm just going to ease up on my filters a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's it it, it this is like a, it's more, a much it's a much more natural like possibly visual movie. Um, but it's like and it's funny because like the flip side of that is like because he goes so natural with the lighting mm. the scene like on the beach again fucking beach, beach is- with with like with Amber Heard it's like really fucking dark yeah and again it's like but i think i like i i didn't mind i remember when i first saw it i was like that's an interesting choice because usually you would have it lit up but you go but where we're sort of not actually really meant to be privy to this conversation. We're kind of just like creeping as audiences watching them. So it's like, I kind of hiding like hiding behind those fucking tree like, listening. Like, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it just reminded me like, that's the way that obviously that scene would be lit in real life. Right. And it, rem- and it just reminded me of in magic Mike when he and the kid are at the club and he's talking to the girls and they're actually like properly, they're properly yelling. Yeah. And it's like, Soderbergh's obviously filmed like filmed it with the so, background. It's like, obviously for so many like so many films when people are talking in a club. It's like we know that the music's been turned down. We know there's and,
0: nothing happening in the background yeah, here. They're, yeah, they're yeah. not
1: they're not yelling loud enough. Whereas yeah. that felt like no, that's how that's how loud you would actually have to talk. That's how we communicate but, when we're at the clubs. Yeah. yeah. So I like that in this film, it was like, no, that's how a scene like that is going to look, even if it's, you know, to the point where you sort of just go, I'm kind of feel like I'm just watching like two figures in the dark. I was like, it it works because. It works well, yeah. This whole film is about just like joining them on this little, this little, this little journey. Um, One of the things that I feel got like. It was a very divisive, I think, a divisive um, casting choice. How do you feel about Jada Pinkett Smith and right. then that sort of whole um, tangent of like the yeah. you know female, like the them performing for the women in like the house, like in the house essentially?
0: Um, I I'm going to s- talk about this scene and then the following scene at andy mcdowell's house too because yeah. both scenes have moments that are necessary to push the plot forward so yeah. in regards to Jana pink and smith's house because she owns this like mansion that is ultimately like, like, a, like a
1: club it's almost like a brothel
0: really. it's like a it's like a brothel for male strippers like it, it genuinely yeah. is uh and there's these rooms where it's certain types of you know performances happening i will say that i do think the childish gambino addition yeah. to this film I for me I was like it's actually a really great scene because it it shows the sensuality side of it rather than the yeah. sexuality side I think yeah. he's very naturally charismatic and I think I love the build-up to that scene how he's asking her I was like what's your name what do you love yeah. where are you and then he turns it into a song I was like fuck that's like I get the appeal of that yeah. um I think both scenes go on far too long
1: yes yeah.
0: so you can I felt have, that with the I felt that with the Andy McDowell with scene. especially with the Andy McDowell scene. I feel like I liked. I feel like we got two scenes with Channing Tatum and Jada Pinkett Smith that were the same thing of, mm. you know, Mike's the little, the little lost dog who ran away from Jada Pinkett and Smith and now he's come home and she's gonna you know relish up and it's like you know you always you were running away from me, but I always knew you were gonna come back and I feel like we get that twice within like yeah. the space of 20 minutes. um. So, I mean, like that scene once is fine. I get the idea that, you know, Channing Tatum used to be around here. He went off to be, you know, fucking big swinging Dick Mike, but now he's in a position where he needs her help again. Mm. You know, what are you going to do? Okay, I need you to perform for me tonight. And then that would have been perfect. Those scenes would have been great. And then, you know, they get the car to the next place. I don't think, J- I actually quite like Jada Pinkett Smith in the film. I actually think she's, you know, she has this, confidence uh in her you know in her demeanor in her own sexuality as well um which is then seen later on in the scene with elizabeth banks which i think is very funny but it's very yeah. telling about her character as well yeah, so I, yeah. and i think jenny pink and smith in real life has that sort of confidence or maybe back in 2015 more so had that confidence um yeah. not necessarily to talk about things that uh, relevant in the world now, but you know, back then yeah, she was. You've, got to, you've uh, got to keep her name out of your mouth, Nick. Keep Come her on. wife's name out your fucking mouth. And then, but it, so, she, you know, there's there's this, this strong presence with her character that you like, okay, of course you own this place that is a premium facility for like high end male entertainment, as they call it. So she exudes that. The Andy McDowell scene, I get why they're there also obviously they're there because they're like you know we just need a place to crash night we're gonna earn some you know we know the girls who are here i like the idea that then they sort of take stuff they learned from jada pinkett smith's um mm. uh, you know her strippers her male entertainers and then they kind of use it as a confidence boost going into the yeah. ultimate the stripping show so i don't mind it as another a pit stop on the way but it's just so fucking long yeah. So long. And another thing, I think that could have been removed from the whole film. Controversially, now more so is Amber Heard's character. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah. that retro, like retrospectively. I'm like, no. yeah, okay, there's and, obviously issues with her now. But in the movie, yeah. when she pops up again, I was like, oh fuck, yeah, you're in this movie. So yeah, and
1: it's, I I get that. And it's like, and it's like, we're gonna say she's not like it's not a bad performance. No, God no, no, not at all. No, it's just yeah, her character just it doesn't. It, like Andy it's, McDowell and Jason Pitt Smith, they propel the movie forward yeah. in a very in a certain way. Amber Heard, it's it's, it's more Cody two yeah. And it's kind of just like oh, we, I guess we need a love, like I guess we need a yeah. love interest for him. But um, like, we, do we? Yeah, like it's like I feel like because like this is all about like the the men mm. having a friendship and like loving yeah, each yeah. other friendship. So it's like we don't need this. Um, yeah. I, I will I will say obviously, you know, the end the end of the film is like we get yeah. we get dance on dance on dance. I I was slightly underwhelmed by Channing Tatum's like dance. The mirror dance? I just feel like it yeah, I think like,
0: conceptually it's very cool.
1: Because yes. he does the team, it, it, the
0: team up dance with one of Jada Pinkett Smith's um, uh strippers, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: I just feel like it kind of it felt like it built and then it was just like done. Like, yeah, I, really no, I know what you mean. I know what like, you mean. oh, I've like it just felt like there was, especially when you compare it to the first film, and even though everything here is kind of on like a bigger Big level, scale, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just felt like the first, the dance sequences in the first film, especially Channing Tatum's ones, they had like a, they felt like more like they had a big beginning, a middle and an end, whereas this one felt like it was building something and then it kind of just like was like, oh, we're going to finish it now and it felt not as, not as punchy as imagined. And then this is like the final moment as well. So I feel like it kind of was a little bit like, oh, all right, like not not awful like you if you watch that you'd go that's a fucking amazing sequence and him and um uh i think it's twitch twitch yeah yeah like again sadly is yeah not, it's now um but yeah they you know they play off each other really well um but yeah, yeah i, I think I, like it, it I, conceptually... I just felt like they could have used more
0: yeah conceptually it's cool like the idea of it and what they're trying to do with the dance i thought was really cool but i i agree like i look at something like adam rodriguez's dance like tito's Mm. dance the candy man and he's got these fucking cock flavored candies everywhere and he's doing this fun like little whipped cream bit i was like that's to me i was like okay you're having fun with the premise you're having fun with the idea you're giving the the entertainment i i get why channing tatum did it the way he does because he obviously has been like i'm like less of a stripper and more of like a, I want to provide an experience to these ladies. Like I get it, but yeah. you know, which is for your finale of, of
1: this movie, I'm like, go big, yeah. and go home. Which is kind of funny because that's what he then essentially did with like the Magic Mike live shows, where he was like the right, he kind of like the creative director and kind of, and that's what it was. It was just over, oversaw all of that sort of stuff. Um, it's all about those bodily fluids. Yeah, at those which, shows. I'm always always mad that I, I had tickets to that and COVID just
0: fucked it for me. There's a, there'll always be another chance. There'll always be... A, when those muscle shirts come in, we'll be doing the show, so... Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> random, and um, um talking about, obviously, Magic Mike XXL and then hmm. Magic Max Last Dance. I'm going to bring up a uh, a question, yeah. a little bit of, I guess, trivia. It This doesn't have... My, your answer does not have to relate to Magic Mike XXL. I just thought this would be fun. I thought I'd throw it out there at you. yet no idea. Okay. I was do this, no, no, do this. no. This is,
0: this is off script. So,
1: so Magic Mike's last dance, we know, is Channing Tatum and Salma Hayek Pignol, I think is the I way think to say. So. Yeah. Tandaway Newton was the original. Yes. Uh, wow. There was a whole lot of. Channing Tatum said this, Tando Wayne said that. We don't really know what the full story is, mm-hmm. but Salma Hayek has replaced her. My question to you, Nicholas Labarro, yeah. is, is there a piece of casting that you know, like, someone was replaced, Ooh. but you would prefer to see the original choice? To see that
0: version of. Or,
1: and an end, so... Mm and where it was replaced for the better
0: right so the one where it was replaced for the better is obvious to me is when michael j fox replaced eric stoltz for back to the future because i've yes. seen the eric stoltz footage and yeah. i'm like oh yeah you needed someone who was a lot more eccentric and a lot more like boy like yeah. a bit more energetic he
1: was- yeah he's ah uh, he's playing that Weird. He was, yeah. he was playing it
0: weirdly dramatic, where I was like, no, yeah. man, this is a this is a fun movie where you're like, yeah. you know. The first part though, it would it's knowing that someone got replaced, and would I rather see that version of theirs. Um oh, fuck. Do you have one while I'm thinking? I have I know the one that I'm glad was replaced.
1: Yeah, you. okay. The which, most which obvious. is most obvious fucking answer, which is Annette Benning was originally Catwoman. She got oh. pregnant. She got pregnant. Fifer swooped in, right? And, okay, and, and history was fucking made. History was fucking. Nothing made. against Annette Benning, but no, she's um, fantastic. But also,
0: um. So that is mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm stumped. I'm stumped on that one because I'm trying to like go back through like movies I love too and mm. be like, oh, who was playing this? Who was playing that? Mm. I don't have one now, but I'm gonna try and have one by the end of the show. Okay. Um, but I like that that's a fun fucking question, Pete. Mm. God damn it. <laughs> that's a good this is you should do interviews or something for a living. Oh yeah, maybe (laughs) should talk. You should ask celebrities this question on a basically at this point in time daily basis. Yeah. Um, All right. No, I'll I'll come back to I'll come back to you on that one by the end of the episode. Um, we'll backtrack on the movie a bit and we'll go back to what we were talking about in the first film about how this movie embraces the LGBTQI plus community a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, more so by going to a drag club. And yeah. not only just being there and obviously being like, hey, we know the performers, we are, you know, we've known them for years, we're good friends with them, but also getting up and voguing, which oh, you have to admit, Channing Tatum fucking steals the show on that one. That is a, that is, and can that vogue. That is a good vogue. Yeah. So um, that scene in general, I think is also, I think that scene works because it is, matching the energy of the rest of the film like there is it is just another fun moment of these guys letting loose having fun like this is obviously like this is our last ride together as the boys and like Mm. let's go do something we all love doing they always say it's you know as part of their trip to myrtle beach it's like the thing they do every year well fuck yeah let's go you know Mm. dance at this club so I, i think the scene's a lot of fun the scene is a lot of fun
1: and it never felt like oh god they're just putting in a gay aspect for the hell like it doesn't feel like that it's like no. you imagine that male strippers like probably deal with a lot of a lot of attacks on their sexuality yeah. like you imagine they probably they're, a lot of them are probably like oh you must be gay because you are you're, da- you're you're really good at dancing you're a stripper like yeah. you know um so i like that there's like that weird sort of kindred spirit and that weird kind of understanding where drag queens and, you know, gay performers are like, yeah, we get it. Like yeah. it's, we get attacked. We, we sort of cop all the shit for what we love to do and you guys do the same. And then that's why when they come in, they're not like, they're not coming in with any sort of like, masculine bravado it's just like they're coming to a club they love the they respect the they respect like the art of performing and they just want to have fun and it's like and then it culminates in you know that sort of amazing moment of like oh now we're just watching all of these straight dudes just fucking enjoy being free and having no like no responsibility and having no one judging for anything like and it's like it yeah and then it really just sort of drives home the fact of like how positive this movie like could be to someone who's like maybe dealing with right. something or men that are just like you know what just talk just
0: it's okay like just tell your friends you love them it's not gay it's, it's not fine. fuck no you it's know? not yeah. And there is, as someone who's been to a live one, there is nothing more fun than a drag show. Right? I, yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I, I will never forget my first, I guess, like adolescent to young adult experience seeing one for the first time, because obviously like many people, Rhiannon loves RuPaul's Drag Race. And there was I mean, just one night. Oh, look, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, like, I don't watch it. Like, it's just not, um, but I'm not a reality Unless it's i white dude, unless it's like sports reality TV. I'm just like not into any reality TV. But there was, she put an episode of Drag Race on, and I just I was taken aback by how manic those episodes are edited together <laughs> because at one oh, point people are yeah, just yeah. talking in a back room and then there was a smash cut, no introduction, and then a drag queen's coming out and doing like a massive performance, and I had no idea what was going on. But in saying that, the first one I ever saw in person, which at, our friends at the Wickham uh, put on, I, it is the some, some of the most entertaining shit you will ever see. Yeah. People who are so dedicated to their craft and just wanting people to enjoy their performance and in a performance where they get to express themselves so freely. There's nothing more liberating than that. It is so much fun. So straight white dudes, don't knock yeah. the drag shows to so try it. I was like, it's funny. I was like, it's the straight white guy on this podcast who's like
1: saying I'm that. an advocate.
0: Like, <laughs> I'm an advocate for like, the drag shows. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of, I'm I have like I literally have nothing to add because, <laughs> yeah. Um I'm gonna quickly answer your question because while you were talking before, yeah. I had a quick look at a list and yeah. I didn't know about this one before, but this mm-hmm. intrigues me. Is that Ryan Gosling was supposed to play Mark Wahlberg's part in the lovely bones. Yeah, and I would have loved to have seen what someone of the caliber of Ryan Gosling could have done with that role. I have a funny feeling he could have uh, do you made know, that movie do better know, than I thought of. Do been. you know why he got fired though? I just read there was a
1: disagreement. Yeah, well, it's the disagreement was because Ryan Gosling like put on too much weight. Oh, he wanted to be like a was- real
0: proper dad.
1: He was like, yeah. He was like gaining. He was like gaining weight to be like, I'm gonna play like this. And they were just like, this is too. was like, too no, much. we we need Ryan like, Gosling want, to sell this movie.
0: Ryan you're like, oh, all right, fair. I saw um, Anne Hathaway was supposed to be Katherine Heigl and knocked up as well. Yeah,
1: and uh, that she would fucking cool. She, I think she didn't agree with like some of the birthing the birthing scenes. How like how well,
0: graphic they were. Right. Right, uh, and Jennifer L. Hewitt auditioned as well. Right, there we go. So there we go. There's the answers to my uh, question there. Um, okay. So all, all in all, and I guess sort of wrapping up on on XXL. Do you have a favorite dance from this this one that you think stood um, out to you? Mine's mine's I mean, at the Tito's the the Candy Band dance. I thought was great. Right.
1: I mean, I we've already mentioned them. I like. I do love i i i remember when i just saw the voguing scene in the club yeah. like it just yeah it's kind of like it's weird to say it just it sparked joy but it's oh, like God, it, yeah it, you know and um and i just think overall as like a whole set piece it's like it's pretty difficult to to go past
0: joe Magnello backstreet boys that's really. i mean it's the best scene of the movie yeah like actually you know i'm changing my mind from tito to that Because so i was just thinking yeah. about the last scenes that's the best scene in the movie. It's the just, dedication okay. from yeah. Joe, the the slow, awkward build up as well, and then when he finishes and he's like, "How much for the water and Cheetos?" Like I, I lost that. I thought it was fucking yeah. hilarious. So yeah, yeah. That crazy. was the uh, the reaction to that. Yeah, her smile mm-hmm.
1: is yeah, but when, like when... the reaction to that in the cinema when I saw it yeah. was like next, like. Next <laughs> fucking level when
0: when he's towards the counter and he's on the ground and he's like humping the ground and the camera shows her head just coming over and having a look at what he's doing it's fucking brilliant um so it's funny like so obviously we both love this movie but like it is the movie everyone thought magic mike was going to be but then it Mm. wasn't received as well uh which i find interesting but at the same time like even uh, pacing issues aside like it is a fun fucking movie and I really think if you haven't watched it since it came out because you weren't so hot in it, give it another go and watch Good. it under the lens of a fun bro road trip comedy. And I think yeah, have a great time. Before. Yeah,
1: don't like yeah, don't watch it as a spiritual sequel. No, like no. like it could or it could, it could almost just exist on its own. Really, it honestly could. It honestly could. It's a, apart from you know the brief mention of Dallas. Yeah. There's nothing really tying it, you know, and they definitely, they were like, oh, we got rid of Alex Pettifer
0: quick. Quick. What's he up to? I don't know. Um, So that's what I kind of want Magic Mike's Last Stands to be. I want it to be the Mm -hmm. script character quality of the first one, but with a lot of the fun that the second one is as well. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. February 9th. Yeah, we we will find out in a. Time. I think we were seeing it on Tuesday and the embargo lifts on the Wednesday. So you yes. will see our reactions to it on Wednesday, the eighth yes. or our reviews yes. as well. So yeah, that's magic Mike and magic Mike XXL uh, two, two movies I think are worthy of adding to your marathoning list. Now absolutely wrapping up the show for this month. Next, a little tease. For next month's episode, which will be releasing at the end of February, the end of this month for its March 2nd release. Now, I'm very excited for this episode as someone who is genuinely a lifelong fan of this whole franchise. Uh, You spoke to one of the stars today, actually, in fact. So, you know, how a little bit of fucking serendipity going on there. We're going to be talking about Creed and Creed 2 for the release of Creed 3. I am so fucking excited for Creed 3. I haven't watched the trailer. I am just genuinely excited. I actually emailed our lovely Universal Warner Brothers reps today to be like, has there been any news on the junket? Uh, Good news, nothing yet. Uh, They're sorting it out, so there's still a chance we can jump on the the Creed 3 junket. But are you excited for Creed 3 as much as I am, Pete? Um, probably not as excited, (laughs) but at the same time, this
1: looks fucking incredible. So, I mean, I, I had the, the privilege of seeing the trailer very, very early. I was involved in, you know, a round table with, uh, a press junket with Michael B. Jordan, um, who the way that he spoke about the film, like. That gives me confidence because you can tell that he very much loves his character. So I feel like this yeah. will this doesn't feel like it's just a sequel for the sake of being a sequel. Mm. Um, him and Tessa Thompson being involved again, obviously, oh, man. massive kudos. But what I'm ridiculously excited for is Jonathan Majors. Our boy, your boy. His, his physicality in this film looks fucking hell. Level. now that I've seen what he's done in magazine dreams. I'm like, Holy fucking shit. This guy is like a beast. Yeah. Um, and like uh, he, I mean, he may now be one of my new favorite people. <laughs> we had, we had a good, we had a good moment on the, on the red carpet. Um, um But yeah, like I, I like, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, very interested to rewatch them because I remember I remember being a little bit underwhelmed by the first Creed.
0: Right. Okay. But
1: I loved Creed too. Okay. So I'm interested to rewatch Creed to see if like I don't like I don't know. Maybe it was a victim of hype for me at that okay. point. Um, but and, I, and I'm not saying I don't think Creed is a bad film. No, I know what you're saying. Be careful so, with the words. Remember like, I was, yeah, I was like, but I just remember being a bit like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but then Creed 2, I was like, no, this
0: is fucking great. Oh, man, so, I love them both equally. Like, yeah. they are. Uh, I, I saw Creed 1, I think, four times in the cinema, maybe. I fucking oh, love wow. that movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I love the Rocky franchise. I'm actually re-watching the Rocky franchise at the moment, and then we will watch Creed 1 and Creed 2 in the lead-up to Creed 3. But until then, until that episode, as always, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate all your support, we appreciate you guys going and watching the YouTube video for our ma 3 Uh episode. That was a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, it's a Zoom video for this one, but Pete and I will be back in person together in the can't Creed room. Us, can't keep us apart for too can't long. Can't keep us apart. No, God, no. I, I, I know it's exactly true. when Pete's flying home just, tomorrow. That's how. Should, to
1: should we do this? So weird, you like?
0: Why? Where do I have to go? I think I have to go that way.
1: No, you, the other way. Put your hand
0: the, Yeah. Oh, this is the so fuck. Oh, 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 I think oh. my video is mirrored. I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, it, it
1: looks really weird.
0: We we're basically trying to. <laughs> well, oh. I've got you on. A, I've got you on a vertical because of oh, how my screen's set up. So right. it didn't work for me so at that's all. That's why that looks really. That'll look, That'll be great to watch back to see. It how will it. be. <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
0: all of our social medias are in the links below. I'm at Nick Slicks at Rated PDG, but you will find all our links below. And until the next episode of Monthly Movie Marathon. <laughs> What? Bye! <laughs>